Hello and welcome to another episode of Live Booleans. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Alex. Alex, how you doing? Cost a long time, no say. Long time. <laughs> this week we have a awesome guest, uh, Kerry Hutton. Kerry, thank you for coming on. Pleasure to be here. So you're a this. I'm going to grab this from your LinkedIn. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's how we do it leader. these days. We just we <laughs> yeah, just LinkedIn stock. We don't we don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're a passionate leader specializing in team management uh, and business development, and your experience uh, is built from managing multiple projects, tasks, and team members, and Kerry is the Director of Operations and Projects at the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association, uh, and you're working across a variety of projects designed to help grow and develop the Australian games industry. It's so nice to hear somebody read that out loud because I, I spent a lot of time <laughs> writing that. And I'm like, God, it does sound nice. <laughs> it's good. It, it comes does. to use, yeah, because you, you always have to write it, you know, super professionally. It's, especially like, when you have to write about you yourself in third person. You're like, Gary's yeah. great. He's a really cool yeah. guy. <laughs> I always like to tell myself people, it's like, it doesn't matter how indie the artist is, someone else still wrote the Wikipedia page, surely. Like, yeah. that helps me sleep better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's good to, to list it out like that because like, uh, you're someone who's like, you know, Twitter, we always see pop up since I think we've all entered the industry, you know, and um, so we just carry in the game dev is like milk and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> One doesn't exist without the other. We don't really question why they're together, but we've just, just always is. accepted that we'll get the latest news on things like GCAP and... The arcade, like the shirt you're wearing right there. and um, <laughs> Got to wrap the merch. Yeah. Yeah, got to wrap the merch. Um, but yeah, super excited to have you on and, and talk. And I guess the first um, big news is that, yeah, GCAP 2022, finally in person, just got announced. Yeah, yeah. Every, every time we say that out loud, we have to like, you know, touch wood. Because they're just like, yes, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a physical event. And and through manifestation, yeah. as long as I say it's a physical event, it'll be a physical event. <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we learned a lot like doing doing digital and it was it was awesome to like, you know, have a bigger audience by providing like equitable access via like a such a comfortable platform, you know, sitting in your computer. Like how many how many I don't think anyone would ever have thought that they could have done GCAP in their pajamas, like until twenty twenty yeah. and twenty twenty one, but here we are. But yeah, we're it's made some amazing content. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to be back in person. Like, I this is where I thrive. It's where I think the industry really excels is that, like, Australian game dev camaraderie where we're all, you know, like, going, doing our, our hugs and, you know, catching up for, you know, chips at the pub and stuff like that. Like, I really feel like that's, like, peak game dev for me. Mm. Like, that's where business yeah, happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. That's right. Yeah. It's, um, that's the Aussie way of business, yeah. of doing, you know, doing business. Yeah, V had that uh, line, she said, on our podcast, um... She's done more networking with a, with a, co- said, a, cocktail, a cocktail in hand yeah. than in any boardroom or anything like that. Yeah. It's actually very funny that you mentioned V because V is actually a large reason why I'm here. Um, yeah. yeah, V is actually the person who convinced me to get into game dev. So Ooh, yeah, really? yeah. So awesome. we we know each other way back from because we're both WA. You know, we're both Perthians. Um, oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, but I, you know, for a bit of history, um, like I, I worked at EB games for, for 10 years. Um, and mm. at the same time I was running, um, my own pop culture events business where what I used to do is do little like video, I, I deck out like bars with video game consoles and stuff like that to make them a bit more interactive. Um, and I used to do steam green light launch parties. So Back when Greenlight was a thing and you had to get a certain number of like thumbs up um, from Steam user accounts in order to get your game onto Steam, we did a stream Greenlight launch. Uh, we did a stream a Steam Greenlight launch party uh, for Freedomfall. So that's how I know V. Oh, um, so yeah, and she ended up being the one who convinced me. It's like, no, you need to get into game dev. You're needed here. And then like a, a couple months later, the arcade job just appeared out of the ether, and I went, I gunned yeah. for it. You know. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That's so good. So That's it was. Amazing. It was just through that. Um, through the, exactly that. That networking. Mm. That. And that's so cool. Like I mean, I guess you know, EB Games. It's a game thing. So it kind of is game development. But it's so often you hear that they didn't start off directly in game development. It was a sidestep mm. into it. Um, I love. That's really nice. To I hear. love that about games. What, what is it? 
yeah, yeah. What, what is it for you that's like you know why video games why did you kind of is it just something is it you, did you play it you know when you were younger and still obviously still play it it's it's, <laughs> that- it's everything it's so funny hey like it's it's like i love video games from the, the the core concept of escapism like i love being able to just lose myself in a game i then love the the water cooler effect of just like talking to everyone about the game that you're playing it's finding other people who've played it and, and having their shared experiences um i just feel like it's just such a, like a wholesome and inviting medium and I, I always try mm. to promote that side of games because, like, as we know, games has a lot of stigma. There's a lot of a bit of an uphill battle with a few things mm-hmm. about games, especially when it comes to sort of like how inviting it should be. And you know, the the, the key audience, you know, parents think it's for for kids, and we know otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that, you've got the the gamer, gamey like Dark Souls people that are there being like, "Yeah, you're not part of my club. You're not cool enough," you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I hate all that and so i've spent my entire career fighting that you know showing parents that games are are really cool they can be educational they can they can teach kids how to socialize they can teach all these amazing things and then you know fighting those elite gamers who like who try to gatekeep and being like absolutely not you know like you know if you if you think that this is a male dominated you know uh, you know this is a male only uh, audience i was like you were dead wrong i was like the most hardcore yeah. gamers that i know uh, are women like and so yeah. i just yeah. that's like that's my key passions of what kept the fire mm. going over the years it's just like fighting those stigmas while simultaneously just enjoying it as a hobby you know mm. is it has it gotten is it does it get trickier sometimes like uh is there like a bit of like emotional burnout from just fighting the fighting the good fight depends on what issues like you know like for, mm. for for fighting for fighting for games to be seen as a as a and as adult medium I, i'll never get tired of that like it's like i mm. i i i it fuels me rather than like you know it makes me run out of fuel like i i absolutely love winning in that circumstance i love convincing yeah. someone that did has never played games before how, how amazing games is like i love being an evangelist yeah. um the, have you seen that moment where people like just flip and they're like ah i get it <laughs> oh yeah 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 like i it's back in the, my ev games days that used to come from like uh teaching parents like the the, the value of games like there's this there's this joke mm-hmm. i used to say to them which was like um you you d- the game doesn't have to be educational for you to learn something from it so like for example i used to say uh when i was in the year two my vocabulary was apple pear defensive critical super because of pokemon so i would i would know <laughs> all these like higher level words than why should have been at my reading level because i would read a word like critical in pokemon and be like what does that mean and like literally bust <laughs> out a dictionary to try to work out what critical means you know so I, I i absolutely like love doing stuff like that so the trick is you went the extra step and looked up what it was i would just screw up the pronunciation <laughs> of the words and just hope they understood what i was talking about how would about. you pronounce critical alex Ah, oh, man. Uh, I remember giving up on a book because it said because um, in year one. <laughs> Let's see, critical. How would I Because it was a book, that's why. I, I would have gotten... I wouldn't have... Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten past... Uh, cri- Actually, that's a word I think I, I couldn't say. I think I said like criti- crit- crit- critique or critique or something like that. I don't... I don't. I have no idea. Wait. Yeah. I just kept my mouth shut, believe it or not. <laughs> but, and so that's... And that's really what drives you is that pe- the power of like games and... and and the yeah i guess fighting the the stigma of what games are and who should be involved in yeah in playing games i think that it's That's just awesome. an incredibly powerful medium and it's just like it's i mm. i also feel like it's it's social is is a big thing mm. it's like i think that was that was a big thing that i used to fight against is the idea that games are not social um one of the funnily enough one of the earliest like talks i did was at pax where i ran a panel asking like are games social because for me personally it's just like all my friends from games <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I'm a right. big nerd hey like the like a, <laughs> a core chunk of my friends from perth are from a nintendo forum uh called, called hey, Vox. Awesome. uh so yeah i just like that shared interest and like it, it just it really does so much for socialism and like people who wouldn't traditionally be able to make an abundance of friends mm. can have a huge group of friends through their games platforms yeah and this you know this is kind of an awesome i guess segue into like the work that you've done at the arcade and, and you know, talk, talk to us about that and, and how did you take some of those core values that you, that you mentioned about, like, you know, getting people involved and kind of the social aspect of that. How did you kind of bake that into what you did at the arcade? I think it was it's the, the, the key was, was making people feel welcome. 
Um, mm. You know, and this this could also be from my own experience. It was just like I was, <laughs> I was I was the Perth kid in the in the, the cool Victorian game scene. So I definitely felt like a bit of a country hick when I was like, "Hey guys, what's going on? Hey, you know?" And everyone's like. Oh. So like I think I think like that sort of like experience for me was just like I want everyone who walks in the doors of the arcade to feel welcome. I want them to feel like they're meant to be there and everyone is there to support mm. them. So a lot of the programs we designed and the events that we run, we really focused on that idea of like new audiences. Let's not focus on who we have in the building currently. Let's focus on who else can we get? Who else who's sitting on the fringes? Mm. Who doesn't feel welcome in the space? Can we make uh, an event that's more inclusive of of diff- of marginalized genders? Can we make an event that is more inclusive for emerging developers and and gives people the opportunity to meet people? That was like just such a core thing of what I, I wanted to achieve with, with the arcade. It's just that simple idea. Like you should feel welcome when you walk in. Yeah. And 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 what what is, can you break it down? What is the arcade for those who are listening who may not know yeah. what the arcade is? <laughs> so. Um, the arcade um, is a, a video game co-working space. Um, so it's it's basically a big old building um, that is full of video game developers. And the idea is that they, they talk to each other, they collaborate, they create product together and they share expertise. Um, at the moment, um, we're currently on a hiatus um, as we've just ended a lease on our current site as we, as we look to expand what the arcade can be in the future. Um, because, you know, COVID... You know, <laughs> co yeah. co-working the co-working model is not as successful as it used to be. You know, just ask yeah. WeWork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, have you? But that idea. Have you been watching a? Yeah, have you been watching We uh, We Crashed on Apple TV? I I watched I watched a um a documentary about WeWork, but I didn't know is is We Crashed yeah. like a series or. TV show with uh, Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Oh, wow. That awesome. sounds amazing. I'm yes. already sold. <laughs> you had me at Anne Hathaway. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we, 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 we want to expand that idea now. Like we, yeah. the, the co-working um, model is, is, is different now. And we really want to focus on the idea of community and events and all those things that were the best the best of the best of the arcade how can we expand that mm. digitally how can we expand that across australia you know what is it what does the arcade look like in a virtual space what does the arcade look like as an event and that's a big mm. chunk of what my job is at the moment is just expanding the community of the arcade to 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 be bigger than what it, than a building how yeah. have you been finding it like has it been feeling like trying to lure the neighborhood cat over and like don't move too much or a spook because Costa and I we know each other from a shared workspace yeah. and um, we've we were talking about we talk about this all the time but we were talking about it yesterday about exactly what you said the impacts of COVID the ability for everyone to work online they now go now we go hey we're open they go why would I come back like you know like I'm, I'm comfortable here and we keep stressing to them the importance of like sitting next to someone who you would never normally sit next to and all the stuff you're going to learn but it's not enough like how have you been finding it like yeah i trying to get people i used to have a term for that when we came when we came back out of our our first lockdown i I coined a term that i called the pajama wall um which is (laughs) that idea that you're so used to like maybe dressing from the from the top upwards on camera but then you're in your jammies from the down you know and it's like that that level of comfortability takes a little while to get people to come back you know get past that pajama wall Mm. it takes a couple times of coming on site for them to be like you know what you know like as comfortable as my jammies are it's it's so much better to work when you have like people around you to to motivate you and to and to see their product and stuff like that um, yeah, it's like definitely. chicken and the egg. Like you got, you're trying to convince everyone to come back, and everyone is kind of in the same mindset. So it's like you just have to get everyone in the room, and then you know feel that electricity of like being back together again. I think that the, mm. the big catalyst for us that really helped was um, we so we designed a new program with the support of the local council, City of Port Phillip. So shout out to City of Port Phillip, we love you. Um, <laughs> so we designed a program we called the Smart Program, uh, which was the South Melbourne Arcade Residency Tenure. Um, and it's basically mm. a, an ass- assistive placement program that allowed people who would not have had a chance to work in the arcade to come on board. So whether they were from like marginalized backgrounds or whether they were just emerging developers or somebody who was, say, coming across from film who wanted to experiment in games, we gave them a, a, like a, a basically a free placement in our open plan area. Um, it was the best thing we've ever done because... It, yeah. it not only did it allow people who would never have traditionally gone to the arcade to come in, we also had a group of 25 amazing diverse developers all coming in together 
and they were able to interact with each other and start you know pairing off and, and and helping and supporting each other so they were able to just immediately get that bounce and that energy and that vibe going of just like yeah hell yeah i want to make a cool game because like that guy's making a cool game hell yeah i want to mm. support this person next to me on their project it's really awesome and they're just the most amazing group of people and yeah it's one of the best things we've ever done honestly and did you find a lot of those people stayed on you know like or you know wanted to continue to be part of the community as well yeah yeah they ended up being some of the most sort of vibrant players in our space um awesome the yeah there was there was this this cute moment that happened i remember like the, the there was this moment that cemented in my head that really made me go yes this program is was worth it um <laughs> was where we we also run a student program so we have like you know uh, final year university students develop their their final year capstone projects within our space um so that they can get a little bit of mentoring support and and get to know people in the industry uh, as well as a, a, a extra stuff we do on top for them like workshops lectures etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway we had this moment where this this the student game that we'd been seeing it demoed to us week on week and they'd always had this same glitch and the same problem that they couldn't work out over and over and over again and it had been two months none of the lecturers could work it out none of the programmers could work it out and then just one day crystal from our smart program who's she's an absolute gun programmer just <laughs> walks up and just takes one look at it takes her five minutes and she immediately fixes it and it was this oh, amazing wow. moment of just like these two programs have come together and now these people are connected <laughs> and it just like really showed the worth of everyone in that room at that exact moment so mm. I, I managed to get a snapper photo of it and it's like one of my happy I was literally going to say yeah. that's when you go marketing quick yeah. two cameras <laughs> <laughs> get over here yeah that's awesome because it's it, it's it's you know a person like that would not have been in a like in that kind of community had it not been for that program so awesome to see like that kind of cross collaboration. Those people might not have ever met if it wasn't for those programs. Mm, I love those moments. I actually think that that's like yeah. that's that's where that that's where success happens. Like uh, mm. to, to go on a little rant here because that's my favorite thing go in the world. Uh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I the, the one of the main reasons that I I spotted the arcade job. Like I would have it would have not come up on my feed. I was in WA. I wasn't checking Seek. Like I wasn't you know I, my eyes weren't looking out for it. It's like. Um, I met uh, a man by the name of Fabian, uh, who's an audio specialist. Timpano? Timpano? Um, uh, Malabello. Um, oh, so okay. he was a big sound guy, and now he, he, run, uh, he runs uh, an organization called Guild with his partner Lex. Um, anyway, Fabian, basically, um, I met him at, at like a, a Perth's Game Festival, and I kind of met him with no intentions like no like i was there to network but i i at that point i was just chatting i was just like yeah this guy seems cool whatever and we just ended up having a band getting along pretty well and going for a beer afterwards um at the pub and just having a chat and he just happened to be like a, like a few months later he moved to the arc melbourne moved to the arcade and then they advertised the the job a year later and he, he posted it on his facebook so he posted like the, the general manager job that I got on his Facebook and it, that would be the only reason I saw it was just because I happened to network work with someone that I thought was cool with no particular intention of what can he do for me or what, what am I getting out That's of right, this? Yeah. And it was one of the most monumental things in my career for something so small. And it's something I try to teach all emerging developers is like, don't network with intention. Like just yeah, yeah, have a band, just have a rant, find yeah. your people. And it's like, you have no idea how much comes out of that. Those That's tiny right. little interactions. So it's like, you know, Crystal interacting with us, uh, with the students. It's like, that's a small interaction that just meant would have meant the world to those programmers. And it's like, you, you yeah. don't think about those moments when they happen, but like years down the line, they have massive, huge results that you get out of them. Well, yeah, that's right. Even what the work that you've done and the impact it's had on everyone else hinges on that uh, reality, that one little line of you finding that job, yeah. you know, the impact, like, because it's like, it's not a, because what you provide isn't a, it's like not a very learned skill. It's like a, it's a, a soft skill. Mm. Like it's, it's in you. So, you know, to have that in, in an industry, to have that in Melbourne, to have that in the arcade is incredibly lucky. Um, for the developers um, 
and it all hinged on that that moment yeah it's it's mm-hmm. funny things like that like it's i it, i also think it's a as a benefit like as we were saying uh, before like people coming into games from ulterior like external places always add massive value and whenever anyone asks me like yeah. oh you know how long have you been in game dev for or like how'd you get into it i'm always just like <laughs> i was on the outsides <laughs> like i'd never <laughs> yeah. developed a game before i worked at the arcade and i was in charge of like yeah. a bunch of game developers and some people might hear that yeah. and go what you know like but it's just it was a benefit to me like it was a benefit that i hadn't yeah. like developed a game because i was listening i wanted to know what sure. game development was like every single person i talked to didn't matter who they were i wanted i ate up every single word that they said and it meant that like i I'd, I'd built up this network just from listening to people yeah. of how they make games and yeah it's and just like crystal you found yeah. uh you have your solutions from being on the outside by not looking at the problem the same way yeah and it's yeah i i i yeah i'm gonna stop myself from ranting again here but like <laughs> it's just so valuable like it's just it says a lot about yeah, yeah. like even hiring practices it's like you don't ever want to hire a copy of yourself you don't want to hire someone from the same background or the same experience if you can find that weird little outlier you know who's like mm. so far removed from every one of your applications i was like you know everyone else who applies for a job is like that person's probably going to be your absolute diamond in the rough <laughs> like guaranteed yeah and you you kind of mentioned earlier like you know, one of the big things that has made it successful is kind of having the the environment be like very welcoming. Mm. Is are there any other sort of key pillars or key things that you you think kind of aid in growing, you know, a thriving community, or like anything that you implemented there that you feel like helped out? Hmm. So I'm just ticking it over in my head. Um, I, I think yeah, no. that like, I think a, 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 like a, a big one is like, it, it does kind of feed into that idea of welcomeness, but it's inclusive, inclusive, oh, inclusivity um, because mm. there's just like a lot of simple things that you can do in a, in a workplace that allows like more people in the door. So, you know, it, pronouns is a good one, right? So, mm-hmm. It's simply just starting, say, like a meeting or an event where you just say, like, my pronouns are he, him, what are yours? Like, you know, and that, that that's only like a few words you've said and you've immediately just made it so that everybody else in the room feels like they're, they can say that out loud and also that they're not being, like, say, singled out as the only trans person in the room because they're the only person who got asked what their pronouns were. Like, mm. tiny yeah. little things. That's like, you know, my pronouns are mm. this. It's like... So it's a few words and it has a yeah. massive impact. So there's little things like yeah. that that you only learn from working with, with, with diverse people. You know, like I know so mm. much about, you know, uh, the nuances of, 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 of uh, diversity and, and creating welcome spaces because I work with uh, my colleague, Sav Wolf, um, who's a transgender man. And, mm. you know, I... Mm-hmm. constantly we've been working together for three years and I'm, I, I constantly am learning new things every day and it's just we've we've seen so much impact from just changing little policies here there about that sort of stuff so yeah to inclusive having inclusivity in everything mm-hmm. you do really adds to that and creates a better environment and it's kind of is it kind of like putting it making everyone comfortable with each other in a way you know yeah and it's it's, it's you just always got to be listening with that sort of stuff it's like yeah it, there's, there's, you can never get things perfect. Things are constantly changing. Yeah. Environments are constantly changing. As long as you're listening to people and listening to people who are who, are, who come from different backgrounds, who have different frame of references of yourself, you just learn so much about how to create a more mm. inclusive environment. So I know like welcome, welcome, welcoming and inclusivity are very, very similar, but I just wanted to sort of harp mm. on on that point because it just, it's, it's a foundation for all future success. Mm. Anything else I can tell you, like, say to you is very technical, is very like me going into like yeah. the, the morals of leadership and, and stuff like that. <laughs> but that's, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, if there's a key takeaway for anyone to say, how do you create a welcome environment? It's just like, listen to people who come from different backgrounds to yourself so that you can learn simple things that make a huge difference. Do, yeah. do you think um, the game development community is um, like it's more open to diversity or does game development attract diversity? Like, because um, uh, I'm about to say GCAP, um, IGEA, you know, put out the stat report recently that said um, what the, like, you know, like the gender split was. And what was it like? I think 10% now identify as um, 
neither male or female. Mm. Um, and it's like such a big difference in what you would see in any kind of corporate culture. So it, do, would you, from what you've seen, do you reckon it's that um, they find a place inside game development or that game development is more open and if that these other places were more open, they would find that their stats would reflect a similar thing? There's a, there's a couple layers to this, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think one of the first points that I'll, I'll get across about this is that so, so gender is, is, can be quite fluid. So sometimes you'll find that those stats might change actually because people come out. Like they actually might have for years being identified as male, but really to themselves, they, they're, they're, they're female. And if they felt female their entire life, but they never felt comfortable enough to, to say that, then they, they get a game development job. They might meet somebody else who's gender non-binary or, or trans and they feel that that journey gets supported and then they feel like they can change their pronouns and, and, you know, and, and, and say to the world that they're trans, which means that then the next time a survey comes up, they're like, you know what? Yeah, this is my gender. And they feel mm. more comfortable in that space. So I, I, I think that, you know, that stuff will always sort of change as people have the ability to feel more comfortable saying that. Um, I think another big chunk of it as well is just we're seeing a, a shift in the industry as the, as younger people come in who are more, I don't know how to say this in a nice way. Just more woke, you know, like woke. that's the word. Yeah, it's like it's so they they just they'll 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 come in. There'll be more people who they can talk to about this sort of stuff. They'll feel more comfortable to use the correct pronouns, and and we'll see that sort of stuff. Um, another thing, and then this is something that like it's a bit nuanced, but not a lot of people think about it. Is that sometimes you can actually get this thing where you you have say a um, a programmer who's been identified as male for twenty years, and then they will they will transition. So. I think that games like allows that like it, it's, it's not, I, I'm not going to say that every studio is, is diverse positive because it's, you know, it's, it's not absolutely everyone, but as an industry, as a whole, I think we allow that a lot more, you know, like I think that if it, you were in a more rigid, so let's say you were in like a IT job or you're in like, you know, a customer service center or something like that, the odds of, of somebody supporting you through a transition is far lower than somebody in a, in a creative field supporting you through that journey. So I think that's, that's the sort of stuff that factors that in and that will, will get yeah. better over time because we are, you know, we're seeing the younger generations come in. They're more woke. Each, each generation is more woke than the last. And, and it's, and it means that we're going to start to see more of that and people feel more comfortable in the space. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's really good to see. Um, yeah, the, the, the um, IGEA stats that came out, that was, yeah, it was real heartwarming. And, and that, that's what I'd kind of thought was, because um, games, you know, as you said at the start, had that level of escapism. Mm. So it was kind of like, if you're, if, mm. yeah, if you're put in a place in, a, in another part of the world, like the, a corporate world or something like that, um, games have always been that little bit of a escape. You can meet people online, mm. I think online definitely has the, just like no, yeah. uh, it's like how you see nowadays with resumes, you know, like they're now, they're even saying, you know, you know, at one stage people included photos and then they quickly clued on that that's not a good idea because people are biased, prejudiced. And now they're even, you know, some people say don't even include, someone, a student was telling me this recently, um, showing, now yeah, I'm starting to get out of touch, but I think it's, it's, is it, na it's not names, but it's something similar to names or something like that that they're not included they're just like we don't want to know anything about you we just want to know what you can do mm. um, and it, that seems to like mirror the online environment which is kind of also goes hand in hand with games and community yeah, and, yeah I, I, I think yeah. That to, to that point as well it's, it's avatars it's like it's the fact that mm. you avatars, can come yeah. in and you create a personification of That's yourself right. now if yeah. for, for people who might be going through a personal gender identity crisis at that moment, sometimes they, they, they make the avatar who they want to be. And it's like, and so you, you mm. can have stories of, of people who, who learn, you know, what their, their true I, uh, gender identity is by uh, playing around with their avatar and seeing, making their avatar reflect more what they feel like inside rather than what they look like externally. And, I think mm. that's like a part of it. Like that's why I think that they like games has like more of a of a friendly community when it comes to that sort of stuff because you you can be someone that you don't you might not physically look like yeah. how you feel and then the game allows you to match your internal and external feelings. You know. Yeah, I it'll be 
Yeah. I was, say, it, I was just going to add, it would be interesting to see, you know, how that fruition's now that almost companies just exist purely remotely and people only interact online and, you know, in this whole metaverse thing, like, will people be, you know, showing themselves as, as, as whatever they want to show themselves as, um, as, as people do with avatars and, and people might work together, not actually, you know, knowing what the, the, like the real person, mm. um, behind the screen looks like it'd be interesting and i i love the idea of gamer tags like referring to people by gamer tags i think that's so great it makes you think a bam. Of, huh? a bam. what's your what's your oh, that's my uh that's my work username i don't, don't pick that <laughs> <laughs> low poly pizza is, is gamer tag but um you know it makes me think of you know seinfeld when george wanted to be t-bone and everyone's like i'm not calling you t-bone <laughs> it's like now we get to pick our own nicknames like we've always yeah. it's always been something we've wanted to do yeah, I, I had a funny experience with that because like because a lot of my friends were from that Nintendo forum, there is a mm. big chunk of my friends from Perth who refer to me as my gamertag because it was yeah. whatever I was <laughs> logged in on on the forum was just like... So there was a, a while where like half the people were calling me Innie, which was my gamertag, and half the people were calling me Kerry, mm. and it got very confusing when those two people met. <laughs> <laughs> like the same yeah. name, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. Um, so with... um. So we mentioned before GCAP coming back and the theme being um, ambition, isn't it? Is it ambition? Yeah. So talk to us a bit about that. Like what does ambition mean for the developers, for the attendees? And what what is the theme meant in the past with other GCAPs people haven't attended before? Yeah. So we we did a little bit of remodeling this year. So what we kind of did is... It seems it seems small, but it's it can be it's going to be significant for us. Which is that we 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 started calling it a, a focus this year rather than a theme because we, we we did a bit of history. We looked back all the way to the very first theme of GCAP, and we noticed how much how, how much they differed. And we found that sometimes you, you get a bit concept locked when you go into a theme. So we thought let's let's do a focus. Let's shorten it up. Let's make it a single word. And we thought we went with ambition because. It's, it's the time to be ambitious. We've got the, the 30% tax rebate coming in. Federal um, funding has come back for, for in, in grant form through Screen Australia. Uh, like the, the entire Australian game scene is going to change dramatically in the next two years because of that. It's time to be ambitious. You know, like look at um, mm. unpacking. You know, yeah. who would have thought a game about... <laughs> unpacking boxes and setting up your house would win that many awards yeah and it's like because you know ren and tim were telling a personal story they were like you know they they put their heart and soul into that game and then they went all out i mean i'm sure you might have read that article about how they had like fifteen thousand foley sounds <laughs> for the yeah. different objects i was like that's ambitious you know i was like and that's like that's what we want to emanate here it's just like it is the time to be ambitious australia is about to it, that that rebate is going to allow us to compete globally very competitively and now it is the time to be ambitious if you've got that that game idea that you're like oh i don't know maybe not it's like oh it's time it's time to just put that in there put that forward for a grant fund put you know get scale your company to claim that rebate it's just like i i I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am to see how the industry is going to change in the next two years. So that's that's what the focus is meant to embody. It's like it is time to like. Mm. I think that the copy we have is that uh, you know Australia has found its voice, and that voice is ambitious. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's awesome. So how 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 would that? Um, so if you're an attendee at um, obviously it's very early days. I mm. imagine in, in the planning, um, how do you how do you convey that to to an attendee that's not a game developer at GCAP? Uh, what, what do you mean by not a game developer? Like, um, if you're attending um, because you're there to see... Um, oh, sorry, I'm thinking... Oh, sorry, I'm getting myself way confused. I'm thinking packs. I keep, I lump those in my head. I, oh, my God. Yeah. Gaff. Um, when you're like, what do you mean a game developer? I'm like, oh, shit, what have you done? I'm thinking packs. Oh, um, okay, that makes sense. Sense. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's like how do you uh, convey that in a in a physical space versus versus a virtual space? Like, what's changed? Um, obviously, it's been mm. digital, you know, for the past two years. Um, what's uh, 
Yeah, how, yeah. how does that change actually? So I, I think for us, like the, the, the main differences that people will really notice is apart from like the fact that we haven't seen each other for three years, which is, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of hugging going on. Um, is yeah. is just the like so we take feedback each year whenever we do a GCAP like we we look we go go through all the data we try to see what we can change up each year to make it better and just the thing that people kept saying over and over and over again is I miss physical I want to network I want to see these people that I haven't in in years so we'll really be trying to build that in you know more than the hallway mm. experience more than just running into people we want to kind of place that at the center that like networking and and business to business is why you're at GCAP. Of course, the content is amazing. Of course, there's daggers at the end of it. Then there's all this cool stuff going on because it's Melbourne International Games Week and it's awesome. But we really we feel that like it'll be about making those connections. And it's so if if people come in, they take their ambitious project to GCAP, they find the right person who is that Fabian for me, you know, who is that person to talk to and 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 allow them to to plant a seed that grows their business. That's what I feel like that the heart of ambition is. It's just like take your most ambitious idea find the people who can support you because they're going to be at gcap because we, we, yeah. we we've all missed each other for three years and it's like it'll be the one of the first major events been deprived yeah. deprived yeah. of physical yeah. contact <laughs> yeah. uh, like as long as we are all being covid safe i was like get in here i'm gonna yeah. hug so many people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it are we is it is the networking getting cranked up to like eleven? Yeah. You know because it's ever, there's been no networking for the hundred percent. Like there, there are some details to come on that, but it's just like you are the networking being cranked up to eleven is a fantastic way to put it. It's just like that's what we <laughs> yeah. see as 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 a core experience. It's just like even though we're going to deliver the most you know awesome content we've ever delivered because of 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 some changes we're making in the background about how we curate content, which is going to be awesome. More to talk about that soon. But mm. even though that content is going to be amazing. It's like I see the heart of G- GCAP as networking, and I we want to put that as forward as we possibly can. And you know, if you go to GCAP and you don't see any talks, you will still get something out of it. Like you'll still get invaluable connections yeah. and 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 things that will really affect your career for years to come. So yeah, as as you can tell from how yeah. many times I just said networking, I was like I passionately yeah. believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and it'd be interesting to, to hear your thoughts on the past two years. Like, what do you think went really well with, with those events? And what were the, you know, huge challenges? Obviously, physical presence uh, being one. But, yeah, anything else you saw or feedback that you got? So as sort well? of like challenges from doing a digital GCAP or? Yeah, I mean, from yourself uh, hosting and kind of managing it. But then also maybe from the user's perspective, mm. like um, if you got feedback, uh, you know, besides the physical stuff like is there anything else that was good or bad i think that like it kind of comes back to the same point so like in terms of like benefits you know it's a it was a accessible event like it, people didn't have that you don't have to buy it a plane ticket you don't have to book a, a hotel accommodation and the, the tickets were dramatically cheaper so it's like that's always going to invite a, a larger scale audience but the, 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 once again, the feedback that we got was just people wanted network. So, like a really good example of this was um, we had this feature that we um, that we implemented in 2020, and then we really ramped it up in the 2021 version of GCAP, which we called Coffee Catch Ups, um, and it was basically like five minute randomized networking. So you you jump into a room with your, your webcam and your microphone. And it would randomly pair you with another person who was doing the same thing from the event. That small, tiny little feature uh, ended up being the most popular thing we ever did. Like, it, it was yeah. so much yeah. feedback about people being like, you know, like, it's so good. We want more. We had to, like, in, we originally had it just running at lunch times, And then we had to, like, bump it up and make it so that it was running all the time. And people loved it. Because that's the thing that we yeah. keep hearing time and time again. People have Zoom fatigue. They are sick of video conferencing calls. Like we've become used to it. The remote working world has opened many possibilities in terms of like people working interstate. But everybody is sick of Zoom calls. Everyone is done <laughs> with it. It's just like so, you know, when we introduced this cute little networking feature, people ate it up. So that's why we knew that when we come return it to physical, it's like networking, networking, networking. That is what people are going to mm-hmm. want the most. And that's what we want to try to provide as much as possible. 
the thing I miss <clears throat> definitely when you say the zoom fatigue is looking people in the eye yeah. like I'm looking you in the eyes right now and you're looking me in the eyes but we aren't looking in each other's <laughs> eyes and like that's such a lost thing that I miss and now like when I see a real person I like stare at them <laughs> like savor this well you're real yeah yeah you're real <laughs> but like poke them yeah 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 yeah. I can't just randomly look yeah. away like while I'm talking to them I've, I've met so many people recently that like I've, I've had like video relationships with for two years and I, I come up to them and I'm like I squint and then I like put my hands out like a little box and I'm like yeah hey Rob you know <laughs> I think as well, like, didn't recognize you. I think that, like, I sometimes, like, video conferencing can be a tad disingenuous. Like, because there's this mm. thing that I noticed that I did, and it wasn't, I think someone tweeted it, or there was a TikTok about it that really cemented it home for me, which was, you can't help but look at yourself rather than the person you're talking yeah. to. You sit there being, oh, is my hair looking okay? Oh, I looked a bit weird just then. And that throws... <laughs> like genuine conversation off massively because it's like can you imagine talking to someone in person and they're just holding up a mirror next to you and just like looking at themselves every now and then you know (laughs) yeah i have known people like that (laughs) it's exhausting you're like you're not even listening you're 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 looking at Um, yourselves in the reflection of your eyes (laughs) yeah that's why i like stares so deeply (laughs) yeah 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 and i'm tracing where your eyes are darting to and stuff like that no, it's um, it's definitely been um interesting. And um, oh, what was the part that I found is uh oh, online doesn't allow easily for organic conversation mm. because like right now like you know if if we if the three of us were, you know, in a room, there's going to be natural overlap how we talk to each other and stuff like that, mm. and you get used to that. But online, you automatically factor in lag and things like that. So if someone else starts, you're like, oh no no no, you go, oh no no sorry, you go you go, and then it just completely derails yeah. it where. In a room, you would just it just there's like a natural overlap and yeah, it, it really shows you how important reading body language is in a conversation. It's like you you mm. find that time to start and stop talking just by reading how people sort of like sit up or like sort of move forward or sometimes when someone someone's got something to say they take like a little step forward or their face kind of scrunches yeah. when they're thinking or something. There's so much in body language that we subconsciously read and we don't know we're doing it. Like people think they have no yeah. idea how to read body language, but it's just like, well, if you didn't interrupt me the entire time I talked, then you can read body language. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, and even you know, I really love the the Agdas as well. Like the mm. way that was hosted, that was really awesome. Um, you know, considering it was online, like just the way it was hosted, I loved that. You know, in Adelaide, we got to get together um, as a community as well and and watch it live and. Yeah, it was it was a different experience, but it was still really cool. That was one of the most incredibly wholesome things that we 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 saw on Twitter because like you know the Agdas is my baby. Like I when it, I took it over in, in 2020, and I had s- such a vision of what I wanted to achieve with it. And when we 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 saw those little like watch parties, I think Tasmania had one as well. It was yeah. so incredibly wholesome because like we were in Melbourne, like locked down, no one's allowed to visit our homes, we weren't allowed <laughs> to leave, right. and to see that we were just like yes. I was like even when we're all yeah. in lockdown even when the world is on fire i was like australians still find a way <laughs> to just like connect and unite around something so i'm so glad that that happened because i i really i really want the actors to be more than than what it has been in the past like we it's actually the, the mm. 20th anniversary of the actors this year wow. and it's oh, like wow. it, we we when we flipped to digital because of COVID, we we invited the public in. Like we put it on Twitch and it's like, we got crazy numbers and everyone was coming in, mm-hmm. interacting with it, going, wow, Australian games are so awesome. And I love that. Like I love that the Agdas yeah. can be more than just sort of like an end of the event. Yep, cool. We just went to GCAT now. Let's see who won this award. It's like, no, this is the showcase of Australian talent. This is showing that we're innovative. We're awesome. And there is amazing people out there creating awesome content and running excellent studios. And that is something that needs to be celebrated as many times as you can. So, yeah, I, as you can tell, I like the Agdas is my absolute yeah. baby. So I was, it was so nice to see those little watch parties happen. And I'm really excited to, yeah. you know, once again, touch wood, physical Agdas this year, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Is there anything, I mean, it's, I know probably everything's under, under wraps at the moment. Is there anything you can share about this year's or maybe you know talk about like you just spoke about kind of it's the 20th anniversary you're trying to push it in certain areas in certain ways 
Yeah, is there anything? Is there anything we can get? <laughs> All I can really say at the moment, because like we're, we're there's a lot of design going on. Um, I, I mm. myself and my team, we we, re- we love reiteration and we love leading with leading by data. So we're we're in the process at the moment where we're we're gathering feedback um, from people mm. to sort of improve the process. But yeah, in terms of like the the any real changes, I think that the real thing that will be the difference is because it's physical. Um, that's going to be huge, and also trying to think of how to wait, how to dance around this because we have to wait till announcements till we say this sort of stuff but like basically sure. like we want more people to come to the actors than they would normally would we want that event to mm, be yeah. open like we want that event to have a huge mm. audience of, of of people viewing it um whether that's online or physical because we just we just want a celebration you know it's just like yeah. that's the yeah. po- i want that the you know it finishes Agdas finishes GCAP and, and you've, you've spent three days hardcore networking and learning stuff. Your brain is probably mushed by that point. I want people to take that yeah. moment to be like, you know what? Australian games are freaking awesome. Like this industry yeah. is really cool. I, there is a lot of amazing people to work here and I want that sense of camaraderie. And I think that's what we're going to try to bring yeah. this year with the return of physical is just that idea is like we should, we are an industry that is worth celebrating. Mm. Definitely. And it's, it's always difficult, isn't it, when you try to do a, a hybrid kind of event. I, I always hear that from people who are uh, doing events. It's either online. I mean, even with us doing this podcast, we found that it was easy if we had everyone in the same room. But then when we try to do something where it's like Alex and I in the same room and then, you know, the guest is online, it just adds oh, all this that complexity was a nightmare. to it. Yeah. <laughs> You adds got complexity. feedback through the headphones and yeah like I, have, have you have you had that i mean is that a challenge that you're looking at for for this up, uh, upcoming agdas and, and gcap yeah like it's it hybrid is the most difficult because it's like you you really you're not doing both at the same time you're pr- you're making either you're either making a physical event with an online component or you're making an online event with a physical mm. component you're like you're lying to yourself mm. if you're saying that you're you're doing both at the same quality so like we had the advantage of being online early last year which and the year before that because we we t- could we could put all of our chips in twitch like we could be like yep this is how mm. it's going to work we know the video production is to be this level of quality so that it has the oomph that we need and we're going to do this this and that like as we return to physical, it's like I would want to make sure that we still have a, a digital component to it, so that people can celebrate even from their homes. But it's it's gonna be hard. And like, and to speak to <laughs> yeah. your, your point about podcasts, I had the same experience. Like, I I I ran a, I did a podcast with my with my good mate for five years when we, we lived in Perth together, and then I moved to Melbourne, and we tried to. To, to get it going digitally and it's just it's just not the same like energies yeah. are contained within a room you feel the electricity That's in the right. air when you've got that banter going you read people's faces to be like I'm going to do a really cheeky joke and I'm going to make you laugh and that does not happen <laughs> over video or at least not as commonly yeah yeah, yeah a lot more difficult for sure definitely when um, when we recorded with uh, Grant Kirkhope we um, it was the three, we were three of us were in the room together <laughs> And that was actually pretty good, even though we were we were just on a couch facing the same direction. You were literally stuck on a squished little couch in so we could fit and in a the laptop frame. in front of us. That was the the only way we could figure it out. It was yeah, it was quite funny. Yeah, but it was, and I think we had. Did we have a headphone splitter so we could all hear? <laughs> yeah, we did. It was something like that, so we didn't overlap. That's something we learned. And oh yeah, even that that just felt so good, just being just being in that same room, and also given who Grant Kirkhope is, we were just so in awe that we needed that physical support. We needed everyone right there. Like, in case I faint, you know, grab me, squeeze my leg. <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen to that now. Grant, I love yeah. Grant Kirkhope. I'm like, oh, he's amazing. He's the sweetest guy. Um, his Twitter's super active of just him resharing people's mm. work and things like he's that. He's really it's awesome. Yeah. So Did great. either of you play Mario Rabbits? Yes. yes, yeah, he Love it. knocked Love that it, out yeah. of the park in terms of sound design. Like yeah. amazing game, that sort of like banter because we feel with the music, but not, but like very different yeah. and dynamic style soundtracks. Like, oh, I, I come back to that game every couple of years because it's so well designed. Yeah, he spoke yeah. to that as well. He was saying about how, um, you know, it's an existing IP, so he has to, you know, honor it, and that the, um, it's a. I, th- I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but he said it's like because it's. Mario, it's like, you know, a Japanese IP. He was saying about how the Japanese musicians just blow 
the Western musicians pretty much out of the mm. water. Like they're super talented. And I think he said that was even a, I don't know if intimidation is the right word, but it's definitely something that played on him and you had to think about and really, really good. I think that the, the Japanese like, uh, like audio scene, they understand the concept of Sonic really well. Like as in like, you know, like that, you yeah. know, that jingle that gets in your head. It's just like, think of the number of things that like, that Nintendo have nailed over the years, like Koji Kondo in particular, like that sort of like, you know, even like, yeah. and it's like, I, that's, that's <laughs> barely any changes in a note. That's just a pattern. And you know, immediately what I'm doing. You know, yeah, yeah it's yeah. the the ba- the the tunnel yeah. thing, the, <laughs> the, 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 the Mario. Yeah. yeah, I play that on my piano all the time. It's literally yeah. three notes in an octave. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, um, crazy. So, I guess moving moving past the um, actors and looking at the developers, and as you mentioned, the um, we got the rebates coming up and stuff like that. Where, like, like where do you think we head as a as a community? Like, when when the arcade comes back, for example, and um, we have a we don't have the arcade, we have something similar. Game we Plus. got um, uh, mm. Game Plus, yeah. Um, uh, what 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 can you what can you see happening, and what would you like to see happen on these like smaller scales in these communities? I think it's just a, a focus on emerging. Is is that mm. the what we're going to see in 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 the coming years is that you know right now one of the the, the data points that we have is that we, we do like a game dev survey and we, we ask what are the big, people's biggest pain points what do they find the most difficult right now and normally like every year it says number number one is funding like it's just year on year it's always the same thing it's like give me more money you know of course <laughs> more you know more money in theory should make things easier right um, yeah. but. The data point from the last survey, the number one pain point was hiring. Is that people, yeah, they want talent. They want senior talent. They want like specialized skill sets. And there's, they're struggling. There's studios that have had like 30 open roles open for over six months. Like, and so like talent is going to be the big focus. So to me, the way that I see it is that you've got senior talent is the problem at the moment. So what's going to happen is mids, are going to turn into seniors and then mm. juniors are going to turn into mids and then that problem isn't going to solve it's just going to get shifted because and then everyone's yeah. going to be like oh I'm, I'm struggling to hire juniors everyone's going to like have that issue so i feel like focusing on emerging now like focusing on making sure that people uh you know people who are marginalized come in people who, who might not necessarily have access in terms of like uh money might not be able to get in like just focusing on that now is where i feel like place things like the arcade and game plus they they solve that issue they they nurture that emerging talent so that those people are ready to hit the ground running when it comes into the industry so that's where i see the, the when the arcade returns and and other spaces across this, uh, all states and territories i see that's that's where the focus needs to be is emerging is because there's a lot of talent like you know as i referenced this the smart program before i think one of the fun, the funniest things to us is like i you know you never know what you're going to get when you design programs or events and i think the most amazing thing for me was that i expected to know everyone you know, I expected that I was going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this person, let him in, you know. But instead, <laughs> it was just an entire application sheet of people I had never heard of. And that's the best yeah. thing ever. Because that means those people yeah. are sitting there, they're waiting for their moment or they're just not, they don't have enough people. They don't have an in. They're not the cool kids on Twitter mm. or they're not like, you know, part of the, the in crowd. It's like they're just waiting for their opportunity. It's like, so that's where I see the arcade and Game Plus and those uh, co-working spaces and, and, and programs and events. That's what that they should be supporting because that is where this, that's what's going to be the most beneficial, you know, both straight away and five years time. It's going to make a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. And, and we see that in the um, we have an Adelaide game developer Discord, and it's got a, roughly eight hundred, nine hundred members. And being Adelaide, you'd be like, ah, that's everyone, surely. <laughs> by now. Like, and then you'll talk to someone who's making a game, and you're like, oh, so you're in the AGD Discord, and they're like, nah, never heard of that before. You're like, how have you gotten this? Po-? Like, props to you, but how have you done this? Yeah, I I think one of the like you, you really do never know where it's coming from. Like a good example of that is um, Pond Games. 
Um, so yeah, right. 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 Okay. So yeah, right was for yeah. the actors. It's like you know when when you open up actors submissions, you've kind of got this mental list in your head of like who you expect to win. Like obviously the the judging does the work. The data comes in. The 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 process. You know, trust the process. But in your head, you're kind of yeah. like, oh, you know, is it going to be this person? Is it going to be this really prominent game that I know that's going to come in? <laughs> so, right is the best example of those surprises because I had never heard of this dude. Like, and and then like you know, I'm reading this judge's feedback about the the game and the soundtrack and how awesome it is. I even I even grabbed I even got it's a copy best. myself and played it because I was reading the comments like not like and I was like holy crap. This game yeah. is awesome. And then I I, I was yeah. emailing the guy to let him know, you know, he's in the running to to for uh, an actor. And then I'm I'm looking him up on LinkedIn or and looking up his game, and I'm like, he never made games before. This is just yeah. a dude. We, this is just a random yeah. dude who decided <laughs> I want to make a game, and he want a freaking actor. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah, literally true. we literally met him. Uh, we we met James. We had him on like the second episode Dan. of our podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. Dan, sorry, not James. Dan, um, Dan Freer, and uh, we saw him at an event and we spoke to him and he was just like yeah i'm almost done with my first game and he had never been to any of these networking events and uh he's like yeah this is my game uh you know i'm a barista by day and i just make games at night like for fun and we were like wow like where, where have you been done, have yeah, you he, heard he did, of it? he did game jams in germany like 12 hour <laughs> yeah. game jams and, and like, like the like one that. punch man of games and then the game like, came it's out just, just like oh, yeah for fun. and the game comes out and it's a massive hit and and we were all just like this is crazy and then just going from there like seeing him sort of enter into the the community in Adelaide and then from there just like and win he's still a, you know, the most win actors it was crazy yeah and he's still the most unassuming mm. person like yeah. he he barely talks you know like he'll talk to people he knows at the events but um He's not like you know someone who you, I would you know I would be walking around with my ass. <laughs> just wear it on a necklace. I would not leave him out of my yeah 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 yeah. I'd, I'd have my ears pierced and have them hanging down. I think you got two of them, but um, sweetest guy and you know he's become a good friend of ours and yeah I thoroughly enjoy his company. Yeah, you know? and it's just like it's that 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 talent is waiting there. It's lying in the the ether. Yeah. And it's like we're not always going to hear about it. It's like. I think the funniest yeah. thing I used to blow people's mind with, like you'll know this because you're you're from South Australia, but I used to blow people's mind when I mm. told them that Team Cherry, you know, who made Hollow Knight, was three people, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah," I was yeah. like, "They're super cool," but like they, you know, you won't see them anywhere. They, they, they. Yeah. Well, that's it. You you could surprise people in Adelaide that they're from <laughs> Adelaide. Like they, we, yeah, you never you never seen. They did a they did a game dev talk mm. once and. Um, that was super cool of them. And yeah, besides that, we've never seen them again. <laughs> yeah, we probably won't until Silk Song comes out. And then suddenly we're like, Ari, yeah. what up? You know, this is your, this is your scheduled once a year appearance outside of like uh, Adelaide. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll see him randomly at um at like the bakery or a coffee shop <laughs> with some people. <laughs> like, like, is that him? No. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. So I was gonna say something we always love to end yeah. our episodes on. It's probably where Alex was going. Yeah. Was uh, on a piece of advice. Um, you know, in this, you could take it wherever you want. Advice for game developers mm. or advice for people wanting to grow a community. Um, what would that? Yeah. What would I've that got be? a good line for this because there's there's a lot of mm. from running the arcade. There's a lot of sort of like taglines that we used over the years to teach people about the basics of game development and how to be successful. So, for me, it's the the most important thing that I think anyone that people need to learn in game development is that your million dollar idea that you're protecting with your heart and soul and and you haven't started and you're because and you haven't told anyone because you're afraid somebody's going to steal it. They won't. People don't do that. Like, it's like, so if you have a million dollar idea, the best thing you can do is tell everybody because then you bounce it. Then you start getting criticism. Mm. Then it starts becoming real. And then you actually start working on it. So take whatever you think your best idea is and start working on it and start telling people about it because you'll be surprised by how many people will support you and not steal your idea. That's such a valuable point. I've definitely Mm. been there where like, 
I have a cool game mechanic that no one's ever thought of. Get your hands and off then of it. You sit on it for four years and then that, that exact mechanic is in a game and you're like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could have gone pro if I didn't bust my knee. As the thing is, like, Alex has definitely told me a game mechanic and he's like, but don't tell anyone about it. Like, yeah, I'm not allowed just, to even tell you. Don't, don't tell don't anyone. Tell, yeah. <laughs> And then the game never gets made. Yeah, yeah that's right. The game's never <laughs> been made. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kerry, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Costa. Thanks, Alex. It's yeah, been an awesome chat. Thank and, you. Yeah, uh, hope you all do well and looking forward to seeing you at uh, GCAP. Yeah, we'll have that Have that beer you keep oh, talking yeah. about. <laughs> mm, for sure. Where, where can uh, people reach out or where can people find you on socials? Um, so, yeah, mine's nice and easy and it's a it, it's a classic carry is me on Twitter. It's a nice easy way to remember my name as well because it's alliteration. Um, uh, but yeah, classic carry on Twitter is the easiest way to reach out to me. Um, otherwise, if, if, if it's something IGEA related, I am carry at IGEA.net. Perfect. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.